In today's episode of Community Connection, we're going to learn about what makes Northeastern Nevada such a unique and special opportunity for business, what industries, new and old, thrive in this region of Nevada, and why and how dirt became so special to my wife and the rest of the world. Communities across the nation are working harder than ever to enhance the success of doing business in their locales. Logistics, location, sites, and available properties are all important parts of what makes a community thrive. If your company is considering an expansion or relocation, let us take you behind the scenes and talk directly with those that are making today's communities a great place for your company. You're listening to the Community Connection GT Podcast. Produced and sponsored by Global Site Location Industries. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com slash GT podcast. Or listen and follow us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Now, here's our CEO and chairman, Eric Kleinsorch. Good afternoon and welcome to all of our Community Connection listeners. I'm your host, Eric Kleinsorch, and today we have an exciting show. We're heading to the Silver State, better known as Nevada, and no, not the hustle and bustle of the neon lights of Vegas, but to the unique region of northeastern Nevada. And our guest today has become a true friend of the show, and there's no one better to learn about this region than from him. Our guest today is Sheldon Mudd. Sheldon is the Executive Director for the Northeastern Nevada Regional Development Authority, better known as NNRDA, which is an organization that oversees the economic development pursuits of four Nevada counties, Leander, Eureka, Elko, and White Pine. In addition, Sheldon is a small business owner and serves on several boards dedicated to community service. Sheldon previously served as the mining industry specialist for the Nevada Governor's Office of Economic Development, where his experience in the Nevada's mining industry were utilized to meet the statewide economic development goals. Mudd is a United States Air Force veteran and graduated from Wayland Baptist University in Plainview, Texas with a BS in Business Administration in 2010 and an MA in History in 2013. Sheldon, welcome to the show. Hello, Eric. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Now, Sheldon, I can't say enough about how excited I am for today's show. I mean, you know, you've been a partner of ours, a great partner of ours for over three years now. You and I have personally driven over 1,200 miles together in three days, three days, and I've enjoyed firsthand seeing and meeting all the great leaders around Northeastern Nevada and, and the great people. So kind of before we get started, I always like our listeners to get a general idea of our guest and what we'll be talking about. So to get started, if you could paint a little picture for our listeners about what's happening in Northeastern Nevada and kind of give them a little background on yourself. Yeah, you bet. So um, Northeastern Nevada, just so everybody kind of understands what area of Nevada we're talking about, we're talking about the top, uh, the Northeastern part of the state, which covers about 40,000 square miles, and it encompasses uh, four counties there in, uh, in northeastern Nevada, Lander County, Eureka, Elko, and White Pine counties. And uh, I've been in this position now for about five years. Prior to that, I was with the Nevada Governor's Office of Economic Development as their mining industry specialist, and that's really what got me in the economic development game. And so 
But in the last five years, I've focused my time and my effort in this small little region of Nevada that is considered part of rural Nevada, far away from uh, the urban parts that most people think of. Of course, uh, we're out here primarily uh, in mining and agriculture, and we just continue to uh, move forward and try to uh, move the needle in the right direction to diversify a little bit to encourage growth within our existing industries. And uh, we just keep trucking along in order to make uh, the quality of life a little bit better here in this part of the state. Yeah, that's awesome. And and kind of expand on that with northeastern Nevada. Everybody in the world knows about Nevada, and it usually conjures up some visions about Las Vegas and, and beautiful lights and gambling. And, and even Reno, the biggest little city in the world, comes to mind. But northeastern Nevada is really far different from those two cities. Tell us about the region and what makes it unique from the rest of Nevada. And really what characteristics make it attractive from a business perspective. Yeah, you bet, Eric. So so just like you said, anytime I get on an elevator in some other part of the country or, or, or uh, any other part of the world, everybody knows Nevada. But not too many people are familiar with this part of the state. So we are about as far from Reno and Las Vegas as you can get. And there are some similarities. We still do have a gaming industry. As a matter of fact, some of our little border towns, there's, we have a town called Jackpot, Nevada, and we have a town called West Wendover, Nevada, and those really probably look like what Las Vegas did back in 1955. They're these little oases out in the desert where you can still you know, do some gaming and, and have some small resort experience. But outside of that, that's about where the similarities end. You know, out here in northeastern Nevada, we're still small town, Norman Rockwell, America. And really what, how that lends to a business, you know, wanting to expand or relocate is oh yeah, our local permitting and our local licensing is, is very easy, very fast in these areas. Because these are small communities, they get excited about new projects. And a lot of times they will dedicate a team to moving those projects forward. And so that is really one of the primary benefits and aspects that we have over the big cities is we can bring projects online very quick. We also have a lot of abundant and affordable land compared to our counterparts in the urban areas. We still have a lot of land out here, a lot of available space. And the best part about it, Eric, is it's cheap. A lot of this land, I mean, it's going to be hard to find developable land at this price anywhere around the country. And for some of our communities who actually own the land, they will incentivize it in such a way as to bring prospective businesses in at next to no charge, uh, you know, for the property itself. And probably one of the best attributes of Northeastern Nevada in this regard is the fact that we were... I don't like to say we are recession-proof, but we are definitely recession-insulated. And what I mean by that is when the rest of the country is doing good and we're not dealing with inflation and we're not dealing with high gas prices and we're not dealing with those kind of things, northeastern Nevada does pretty well, too. But it seems like when the country goes into recession and things are difficult and things are hard and, and, quite frankly, bad, we actually thrive in that environment and primarily because of our mining industry because gold tends to do good in those circumstances so then our mining industry really takes off and so historically when you see the country going into a recession or our state going into a recession 
this part of the state actually does quite well. And so that certainly helps with other industries in the region because everything tends to be just that much more stable. And so that's certainly what makes us just a little bit more unique from our counterparts in the urban areas uh, of the state. No, and you're right. That's so important, especially after the pandemic. People have realized kind of the importance. Quality of life used to be just a kind of a passe, you know, everybody has quality of life until the pandemic happened. And then people started realizing how important quality of life was and things like that. But speaking to that, you were just talking about the resilience of industry. What would you say your top industries are there in northeastern Nevada and and maybe are there any ways that these industries could lend support to some new and emerging industries in the area yeah absolutely so as mentioned mining is our predominant industry here in northeastern Nevada so we are we're gold miners and about 75 percent of the nation's gold comes from Nevada and most of that comes from right here in northeastern Nevada and so we are predominantly a mining region, and, and it is our primary economic driver. And then, of course, agriculture has been here since Nevada began. We have a, a prominent livestock industry, and, of course, we do have now is, is an emerging hemp and cannabis industry, which is very new to this area. And then, of course, historically, we've, we've grown some very, very good alfalfa, believe it or not, up in this part of the state. We are a high desert, unlike some of the low basins when you think of down in, uh, in Las Vegas and so forth. So, so primarily mining and agriculture, of course, some gaming and so forth. But really the ways that these industries can lend support to new industry in the area is what we call that value-added production. And so anybody who can essentially service or utilize the resources that are being produced by the mining industry. So right next door, we have one of the largest lithium deposits in the world. In our region, we also have one of the largest vanadium deposits in the world. So anybody who's looking to manufacture batteries or any kind of energy storage device or anything related to that process, they would do very, very well here. And we can say the mining industry would help support that in any way, shape, or form. They're very active in our economic development pursuits because they know theoretically and and realistically in time, the resource is going to go away eventually, and they don't want to leave a ghost town is really what it boils down to. So they want to see other industries come in and do well, and so they help to promote that. Now, of course, as far as the end of the resource, you know, we're looking hundreds of years into the future, but the reality is, is that it won't be there forever. Also, logistics. Logistics is, a, is an industry that we've really tried to target recently, primarily because All of this product, all of these natural resources, whether we're talking about hemp bales or whether we're talking about uh, plates of copper that are mined here, all of that stuff has to be moved around the country and taken out of Nevada and, of course, a lot of supply coming in. So, So we've really tried to target logistic and distribution type companies for that purpose so that um, uh, they can really utilize the existing industry. And of course, the industry has been very good about when we have a potential client trying to help out where they can in order to make sure they get well established. And so, for example, we um, recently brought in, uh, recruited a, a, a company that 
uh, manufactures plastic liner. And this is a company what we would call has crossover appeal. So they're manufacturing plastic pond liner for the mines, but they could do it for construction. They could do it for, you know, other applications. And so these are exactly the type of companies we want that can uh, service and benefit from our existing industries, but then, of course, branch out and uh, create new diverse opportunities throughout the region. Yeah, talking about that, you guys seem to be popping up in the news every day. You know, obviously, gaming and hospitality is a big one there. Aerospace and defense because of Area 51, and people might not know, but the Navy Top Gun and United States Air Force Fighter Weapons School is there. And mining, because obviously you're known as the Silver State, but in recent years, you guys have been really making the headlines with the Tesla Gigafactory, Google. You got a brand new sports team with the Las Vegas Golden Knights and Las Vegas Raiders. Why do you think all of this is happening and how are you guys going to benefit from that? You bet. So roughly about 10 or 12 years ago, of course, the 2008, 9 and 10 housing crisis. You know, I mentioned recession earlier. This housing crisis really forced Nevada leadership to take a look at really what defines Nevada. And at that time, it was the exact things that we talked about earlier. We were kind of known for sin industry, I would say. So talking about gambling, gaming, brothels, the whole works. That's what people thought about when they thought of Nevada. And our leadership, and especially when uh, Governor Brian Sandoval came on in, in 2011, said, you know, we just need to change the game in Nevada. And we need to diversify and we need to proactively work through the steps that it's going to take to do that. And so coming out of that housing crisis, a lot of laws were changed, incentives were put forth, the state really became active in trying to recruit new industry and business. And that's really where it started to come from. And so that's when we started to see more efforts, more targeted efforts. And of course, the ones you mentioned, Eric, the Tesla, these are the big home runs that we really look at, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. But, you know, these are just really a tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of brand new emerging companies that have come into the state, anywhere from Zappos, the shoe manufacturer, Faraday at one time was looking at the state. Of course, that didn't take off, but Google is now in the state and doing business. So with the efforts of our leadership back 10 years ago has really reaped the benefits of all of these things. And really what it's done is it's changed the paradigm. It's really redefined who Nevada is because now we don't just think of the gaming and hospitality. Now we think of these um, high-tech companies that, that are doing business right here. Now with our area, it takes a lot of time for those aspects to get out into this part of Nevada. And so, so we're not seeing those big home runs, like I like to call them. The Teslas are definitely the home runs. We don't see those home runs out here, but we do see a few base hits once in a while. And really what it's done for rural Nevada is it's set up a framework that is very conducive to business growth, and we can reap the benefits of that. And so although urban Nevada has seen that, to, to us, obviously, to a larger degree, we still have the capability of that, and we're really waiting for some of that to take off. And that's been my job in the last five years or so, is to make companies and businesses aware that we have a great business environment here, and we have laws in place and incentives in place that are beneficial for business development and growth, 
And really, that's what I've been doing in the last five years is trying to make that known to the world. Yeah, and that's a great segue. I mean, if I'm one of these companies and I go, hey, I'm in one of these industries that sounds like it would be a great match for this region. What are three or four primary assets that you really have that can deliver and help a company that would want to expand or relocate there? You bet, Eric. So uh, primarily, it's the logistic advantage. If you look at where northeastern Nevada is in relation to the western United States, you will realize we are right in the middle of it all. And so we like to say we're about four hours or a half a day's drive to any of the Intermountain MSAs. So the Salt Lake City, Reno, Las Vegas, Boise and Southern Idaho, those areas. We're within a single day's drive of every other MSA in the Western United States. From my region, I can be in Denver in a day. I can be in Salt, uh, Seattle in a day. I can be down in Los Angeles in a day. I can be in Phoenix in a day. And so that's one of the biggest assets. We're just right in the middle of everything. And uh, to aid with that, we've got a great interstate, Interstate 80. It's an intercontinental interstate that goes from Oakland over to New Jersey. It comes right through our region. We have U.S. Highway 93 from Mexico to Canada. It also goes north-south right through our region. And then, of course, we got the Union Pacific Railway that comes through here as well. So not only are we in the middle of the western United States, we have these logistics options right here. And as mentioned before, we've got a lot of space in the area. We have a lot of land that is right along the interstate that's available to be developed and, and, and utilized, and it's cheap a lot cheaper than than other parts of the United States. And then, of course, we have really low taxes compared to the rest of the Intermountain West. Um, We don't have any state income tax, which is very beneficial. And we only have a commerce tax, what we call a commerce tax, if a company grosses uh, over uh, $4 million. And so that kicks in at that point, and it's relatively low compared to the rest of the West, but we don't have any kind of franchise taxes, no uh, warehousing or inventory taxes or anything like that. So taxes obviously are an asset here because they are so low. And then of course, we've got a lot of energy minerals. I had mentioned the lithium close by, the vanadium here. And so now that that is kind of a new emerging sexy term, people are interested in getting involved in in those areas. And of course, this is where it's all mine. This is where it's it's produced. So so those are kind of our top four, I would say, assets that we have in this area. Okay. So are there any companies or industries that you're kind of finding starting to really inquire and learn more about that, that are maybe industries that aren't of the, the standard three that, that you've been working with or think would be ideal for that region? So, yes. I mean, we're getting inquiries. Uh, we've had So since I've been here, we've had an increase of uh, inquiries, 700% increase in inquiries. So people are really taking a look at this area and taking it into consideration. And primarily, because we've identified warehousing and distribution as a prominent industry that would do well here, we've seen a lot more interest in the area as a result. And we've had several uh, companies take a look you know, ask about what's going on. And a few of them we kind of have in the pipeline and we're, we're certainly waiting for them to go ahead and pull the trigger and decide on Northeastern Nevada. But also, as mentioned before, value-added mining and agriculture. You know, we're, we're seeing more people interested in these raw materials, whether it's gold, copper, 
lithium, vanadium, and, and obviously interested in getting kind of in on the ground floor there and being close to the resources, what it boils down to. And then, of course, the value-added agriculture as well is now that the hemp and cannabis industry are starting to pick up there's a lot of uses for hemp and cannabis, and there's a lot of what I would say non-traditional that we don't think about. As a matter of fact, we, we visited not too long ago with a mattress company who are making mattresses out of hemp. So wow. one of those things you don't think of, but definitely you know, take advantage of and, and try to create a space for them. And then, of course, the other one that we really try to focus on is anybody involved in the defense space. So you know, as you had mentioned, you know, we have the Navy Top Gun here, the U.S. Air Force Fighter Weapons School. Everybody knows about Area 51 and those kind of things, but none of it is up here in northeastern Nevada. However, because we have so many remote areas in the state, it would be a, or in our region, it would be a really good spot for somebody. Maybe they're testing a piece of equipment. They need to have security and they need to, you know, if it's a, if it's a confidential or a sensitive piece of technology, we have spots out here. Nobody would even know you exist. We can, we can put you out <laughs> and these things could be tested and they could be vetted very easily out in this region. And you'd never have to worry about encroachment. So we really try to focus anybody that's working kind of in the quote unquote secret space uh, this would be a good spot for it. Perfect. So as we kind of wind down here, we can't leave without talking about workforce. As you know, we here at GSLI, we work with hundreds of companies and, and helping them identify great locations. And it really does a lot of times center around the first question is what about the workforce? And you're known, I mean, a lot of your communities are a little bit smaller. In some cases, only two to 3,000 and population. So what are some of the things that you're doing to really remain competitive on a national stage? Yeah, you bet, Eric. So obviously, this is the first question we always get as well as is workforce. And it's always a concern because we do not have a very big population out here, especially compared to other folks around the country. And the fact of the matter is, is we're always straightforward and upfront with folks. If you, if you require, you know, over 150 to 200 people right off the bat, you know, within a year or two, um, anything over about 150 to 200 people, we're just simply not likely not going to be able to accommodate you. That's what it boils down to. And so that's why we try to target industries that don't require a huge workforce and, and as, especially as things are getting more automated, that's why we've really started to focus on warehousing and distribution because we believe you can have a big warehouse that's automated, not require a big workforce. And so that's kind of why we really try to target those those small those industries that can operate with less people as a result. But with that said, you know, in order to be competitive on a national stage, number one, we're honest about that. Number two is our communities are very good about ensuring shovel-ready industrial parks, you know, things that are ready to go. We have several industrial parks that have curb gutter, sidewalk, water sewer. I mean, they have the works. It's not just a sign out in a bare field. We actually have ready-to-go parks for, for these potential clients. And then we're working on getting more of them rail served as well because fuel prices are what they are. We'd like to see more goods, you know, on the rails. And so we're really trying to work through that. We've got some communities that are are working hard to ensure that they can get rail access in and out of their area. And then we're also work on some local incentive programs as well. 
I had already mentioned a lot of these small towns, it's kind of like a single layer of government. And as a result, uh, we could move move the process along a lot quicker. But we also want to incentivize on the local level as well, just to kind of sweeten the pot. So there are communities that have done that and primarily with land. So if they have an industrial park, you know, the property, let's say it's, you know, typically 20 to 40,000 an acre or something like that, you know, they'll they'll bust it down to next to nothing. Or in some cases, they'll offer it for, you know, free of charge for a prospective company, depending on the economic impact. And so we try to be very realistic about what industries would do well here. And we don't certainly don't try to send an image that's that's not true, that we can cater to a Tesla Gigafactory or a, or a massive Amazon fulfillment center. That's, that's just not, we're just certainly not capable of that. But for some of the smaller companies and the smaller businesses who are looking to reach a new market, being the Western United States, we can certainly accommodate their need here. Absolutely. So, Sheldon, close this out today. Whenever I drove around to all the towns and visited, there were so many little known facts and interesting facts that, you know, I really discovered on my trip out there. What's one of the most interesting tidbits someone might not know about the area? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of those. Maybe I'll just bounce through just a couple real quick ones. So on the western side in Lander County, many people don't know that the world human-powered uh, race, there's a uh, human-powered bicycle, it's a bicycle race, takes place right here in Lander County. And people from all over the world descend upon it in order to watch these people get bicycles up to 89, 90 miles an hour. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. It's a worldwide event that happens right here. Going a little further east, we have uh, communities like Eureka, Nevada, who are, are known primarily for their paranormal uh, activities. I believe you were there, Eric. It was a really small town. It almost looked like it's lost in time, but it's gorgeous, Absolutely. beautiful, beautiful town that looks like it came out of the 1880s. And if you want to step back in time, that's a place to do it. Elko, our economic, our biggest uh, uh, kind of our economic center in the region, uh, used to have Bing Crosby was an honorary mayor there at one time. And then, of course, as you move further east, we have like Wendover, West Wendover and Wendover, Utah. That's kind of one one community there for the most part. But that's where the Enola Gay and its crew, captained by uh, Paul Tibbetts, prepared to drop the atomic bomb in, in, on Japan. And so that's that's where all of that training took place right here on the border of Nevada and Utah. And then, of course, go a little further south into White Pine County in the little town of Ely where the train and Dirt the Cat, who you met at the train station, these are the, some of the darkest skies in the continental U.S. And so people go out there to, uh, you know, look at the stars and, and look at the sky and, and see it in, in ways you can't see it in other parts of the country. And so Everywhere you go in this region, there's some little thing that really sets it apart from the rest of the U.S. And quite frankly, all these small town America towns, if you ask me, probably have the same story. But this one's ours and it's unique. And of course, we're very proud of it. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned dirt because I bought my wife the T-shirt and now we're going to make our contribution this year to his Christmas 
plethoraage of gifts that uh, if you haven't looked up Dirt the Cat, look it up on the internet. He's a he's a great little cat. He actually came out and visited us that day. We were there at the train station, so that was really cool. Which, from what I understand, Eric is very unique. He doesn't like to come out and visit folks very often, <laughs> but he was happy to to welcome you to the area. <laughs> well, Sheldon, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your valuable day to share with us your knowledge of the outstanding benefits and opportunities that exist there in northern northeastern Nevada. And I'm sure you caught some of the interest of our listeners today. So if they'd like to learn more about considering a location in your region, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, you bet. So obviously check out our website, if you would, www.nnrda.com. That gives you a real good snapshot of what the area looks like. And my uh, phone number is on the contact page there. Just contact us directly. My mobile number's there contact me directly and uh, we'll start having a conversation and see if we have some opportunities uh, available for you. Awesome. With that said, we've had a great time today. And I also want to thank you, the listeners, for taking time out of your valuable day to spend with us. We know how important you are and I hope we've provided some interesting information on how you can increase your business with a strategic location to northeastern Nevada. Till we meet again, I'm Eric Kleinsorge, signing off and saying goodbye here from our GSLI studios here in Dallas. So until our next episode of Community Connection, don't forget, we love businesses that are on the move. You've been listening to the Community Connection GT Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners that help make this possible and our sponsor, Global Site Location Industries. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Community Connection. And don't forget, when your company is on the move, GSLI can help ensure your next site is the right site for success.